life, my friends. This is Canadian Patriot Radio. I am your host, Critch. Some new Tragically Hip for ya. Off the album Saskadelphia. It was a real nice surprise to uh, get a bunch of bonus songs from Gord and the fellas. Alright, so what do we want to do here? We want to open the show by pointing out the fact that Manitoba is going full retard. (laughs) Yes, you heard that right. Never go full retard. But Brian Pallister didn't get the memo. (laughs) This first article comes to us from CTV News, and it was written uh, or published today, June 8th, um, by Devin McKendrick. And the title reads, Manitoba unveils immunization cards for fully vaccinated people. The Manitoba government is unveiling a new way for Manitobans to prove they have been fully vaccinated against COVID-19. On Tuesday, Premier Brian Pallister announced immunization cards will be available to Manitobans two weeks after they have received both doses of the COVID-19 vaccine. On top of the cards, the province announced fully immunized Manitobans will not have to self-isolate for two weeks when returning from interprovincial travel and will not have to self-isolate if deemed a close contact of a COVID-19 case. With the cards, Manitobans will also be able to visit family members who are in hospitals, personal care homes, and other health care facilities. Pallister added families that have children under the age of 12, but both parents are fully vaccinated, will be exempt from the isolation requirements. So if you're looking to take a couple of noisy little kids on a car trip, you can come back home and you won't have to isolate, said Pallister. To receive an immunization card, people must have a Manitoba health card. They must have uh, received two doses of the COVID-19 vaccine and they must wait 14 days after getting the second dose. There will be a digital and physical copies of the card and Pallister said it will not contain any personal information other than the first and last name. The card will have a QR code that, when scanned, will show that the person has been fully vaccinated. The Premier also noted he has reassured that the cards won't be able to be duplicated. The privacy issues, the protections that are in this card, are going to be very real for people, he said. The digital card will be available automatically after signing up online and then a physical copy can be registered, uh, requested after completing the registration. Pallister said there is a chance these cards could be used for other things such as going to provincially owned facilities. I think that we all hope that this is a temporary measure made necessary by the absence of sufficient numbers of people who have got their vaccine, said Pallister. The sooner we get to that level, the better for everyone. He also mentioned talks have happened with other provinces to see how the card can also be used across the country to prove people are fully vaccinated. He said nothing has been confirmed yet, but work is being done to ensure Manitobans can give proof in other provinces and vice versa. So um, as we are seeing, Manitoba is still just completely, completely on board with the official narrative. Regardless of the fact of all the stuff that we've gone through on this show, um, you know, the fact that the, the vaccinations are basically useless. Um, I mean, they don't really, you know, they're, they're under 50% effective when you start going through the actual numbers of them, but you've got governments and health officials still 
clinging to this narrative and they're going to go all the way through with it because they're probably getting paid, aren't they, my friends? But it's just it's just amazing to see. So the fact that Manitoba's first doesn't really mean uh, it's going to stop with Manitoba. It's definitely going to go probably Canada wide. Uh, as the people, as the as you folks in Ontario know, uh, you guys are still like pff, under like unbelievable lockdowns. You can't even buy non-essential, heavy air quotes, non-essential items in Walmart and so on and so forth. In the sketch, um, you know, it's been pretty slack to say the least. Uh, other than wearing masks everywhere you go, realistically, uh, besides warnings outside of the major cities saying that uh, travel is not recommended to these cities, realistically, you haven't really seen a whole much change, a whole bunch of change in the sketch. So <clears throat> that I just wanted to open with because they are going full retard. They are going to go ahead with this. Uh, they are already <laughs> quite concerned about... Uh, um, people duplicating these cards uh, they will be no matter what they try if they're that worried about it that goes to tell me that their popular their vaccination numbers aren't as high as they're saying they are doesn't it my friends um you know now the sketch is getting on board with bribery um the ndp the saskatchewan ndp have come out and said that they will award uh dollars to one lucky vaccine recipient uh in the next i don't know how many weeks but uh, they're jumping on the american bribery train so I don't think I don't think the numbers are where they're where they're actually claiming they are at all. Um, but how do we know? You know, everything that we get told by the mainstream media and governments at this point can be pretty much classified as false information. Pretty much everything. I hate to be that general, but when you start looking at everything that they have told us through the years that have been picked apart, I don't know. Let's just use residential schools for example. The government is basically what's going on with the residential school problem is the government is basically saying, oh, well, it was the it was the church and the church is basically saying it was the government. So it doesn't matter. You're both at fault, right? Like someone needs to jump on their heels, let their nuts drop and, and uh, apologize to First Nation people. And it's, it's certainly not you or me or anybody else. Uh, the rest of the Canadian population, it, it should be the people that were or are tied to the institutions that caused it. Swallow your fucking pride and apologize. And whatever else you figure, you know, whatever else the First Nations people across Canada figure that they, they are owed through for this, uh, I myself know a, a fellow firsthand that was in a residential school, school, and it's safe to say he is suffering from PTSD from it. And, and you know, when we get onto that topic... We haven't even begun to scratch the surface with this. We haven't even begun to scratch the surface. What we know about so far, the rape and murder of children, uh, the abuse, the mental and physical abuse going on in these schools is not even close to what's, what was really going on. Now, when we start, if we ever do uncover all of this, which we will eventually, maybe if we can get rid of this fuck show of a government we got, holy crap, I'm swearing in the, uh, the pre-show guys, you know, this might be a good one. <laughs> But there, I would, I, I think it's safe to say that we are uh, through the um, residential schools in Canada. That's when we're going to get our first glimpse of the satanic pedophile rings that are alive and well within Canada. With that being said, my friends, let's get this show started. We'll be right back. Welcome, friends, to Canadian Patriot Radio where conspiracy is not theory, 
and political corruption finds the spotlight. CPR, we are committed to upholding Canadians' God-given rights to life, liberty, and freedom with all thy sons. Command. All right, welcome back, my friends. As you guys are fully aware, Dr. Fauci is front and center news right now. And uh, I just got myself suspended off Facebook for saying that he uh, pretty much should be executed for his role in uh, the creation, the gain-of-function experiments, and the suppression of the actual cures that he is involved in. And Facebook didn't like me saying that. But this is my fucking show, and I'll say it. With, with the evidence we now have that Dr. Fauci was involved in the creation, I mean, we've got an email where he was emailed, we've gone through it on the show, where he was emailed the exact instructions on how to make COVID-19. We know now through Rand Paul and his emails that he was involved in the gain-of-function testing in China after it was banned in the U.S. by the Trump administration. And we know that he was actively suppressing hydroxychloroquine. This man alone is responsible for hundreds of thousands of deaths. All by himself. That, my friends, is genocide. Dr. Fauci deserves to be strung by the neck until dead. Or, my personal favorite, would be gut shot and left to bleed out. I have no qualms about saying it. Zero. Now let's go into one in particular a little bit deeper. Smoking Gun. Uh, this comes to us by way of the Gateway Pundit. It was written by Jim Hoff. It was published on June 3rd, 2021. Smoking Gun. Fauci lied. Millions died. Fauci was informed of hydroxychloroquine success in early 2020, but lied to public instead, instead despite the science. It's been over a year since the WHO declared the coronavirus a pandemic after originally downplaying the threat. It is no secret that both the disease and the response to combat it following the SARS-CoV-2 outbreak in late ni- in two, uh, 2019 
had turned the, our world upside down. Mandates, lockdowns, and guidelines seem to change every time Dr. Fauci opens his mouth. All of these unprecedented rules were put into place, we were told, to slow down the spread of a disease that today is linked to the death of over half a million Americans and 3.7 million global citizens in the last year. You would think that researchers would have concentrated on prophylactic and therapeutic solutions of this disease, especially since the disease is a death sentence for the elderly, the obese, those with pre-existing conditions. The coronavirus doctors have found children to avoid schools, uh, have forced children to avoid schools, mask up, and get vaccinated. One would think that after all this time, there would be a consensus in the hospitals, in the nursing homes, and in other treatment centers on how to treat a, a COVID-positive patient or resident. This is not the case. There is still no agreed-upon treatment plan for elderly patients who catch coronavirus to assist in their recovery. The CDC and Dr. Fauci ignored treatment plans for uh, coronavirus patients unless the person was under severe distress. Cardiologist and professor of medicine Peter McCulloch testifies in Texas earlier this year. Dr. McCulloch sees COVID patients and says 85% of COVID patients given multi-drug treatment plan recover from the disease with complete immunity. McCulloch added, the pandemic could have been over by now, he says. If those who tested positive for COVID had been immediately treated before they fell ill enough to become hospitalized. He also said that thousands could have been and still could be saved if the treatment protocol he and other physicians used were not suppressed. Dr. Fauci and the, and the CDC and the WHO suppressed this effective treatment plan and others. <clears throat> and hundreds of thousands of innocents died. So there you have it. That's just one, one portion of this. Now I want to move into another article uh, that comes to us by way of Technofog. And the title reads, Fauci the Megalomaniac. This was written on June 4th. Since early 2020, Americans have made huge sacrifices for all, all for the greater good. They have seen hundreds of thousands of loved ones die. Their businesses were closed. They couldn't make rent. Their children missed out on childhood. High school athletics were paused and rites of passage like prom were canceled. All at the, all at the direction of Dr. Anthony Fauci. Schools were closed with his blessing. His directions influenced decisions on lockdowns and nearly everything else. He took note of those who didn't follow his guidance and attacked them in the media. He slammed President Trump's predictions on reopening the country. He criticized the Trump administration's COVID-19 response days before the 2020 election. He complimented China and then criticized President Trump for not putting China's feet to the fire. He rebuked Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for wanting to open schools. This little doctor was, in his own way, running his own kingdom. He pulled the strings and he, and he enjoyed it. He reveled in it. He made himself a media darling. Fauci, the savvy self-promoter, putting himself out there as the humble expert who would tell America the truth, the little doctor who could. He was on magazine covers and was named Time Magazine's Guardian of the Year. Fauci was so effective that despite being the highest paid federal employee, he was awarded a prestigious $1 million prize for speaking truth to power during the COVID-19 crisis. As he told the Financial Times in July 2020, I have a reputation, as you probably have figured out, speaking the truth at all times and not sugarcoating things. 
It turns out, however, that Fauci has been lying to us this entire time to preserve that power. Lies not just about himself and his honesty, but about the origins of COVID-19. This puts the, the past year in perspective. You lost family, you made sacrifices, you did what Fauci asked. You pay his salary. While you carry his, uh, the burdens, Fauci and those within the U.S. government decided you didn't deserve to hear the truth about the origins of COVID-19. The Fauci emails and COVID-19 origins. On February 1st, 2020, Fauci was informed by scientist Christian Anderson that the features of the virus potentially look engineered and that Anderson's group found the genome inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory. This was trouble. Had the U.S. been funding the research uh, create had excuse me, had the U.S. been funding the research created COVID-19? Apparently Fauci was concerned. The Wuhan lab had been conduct conducting gain-of-function research on bat-originating uh, viruses, according to an email from colleague Hugh Auchincloss at NIH. One paper indi indicated the experiments were performed before the gain-of-function pause, but have si has since been reviewed and approved by the NIH. This was damaging information to Fauci, the NIH, and the United States government. Imagine the outrage and pushback at those who conducted or funded this research. And so the cover-up began. Fauci couldn't tell the truth because that would diminish his authority. He spent the next year plus scamming the public. He told National Geographic that this virus could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated. Instead, the virus likely evolved in nature and then jumped species. This became a multi-agency effort. While Fauci and the NIH CDC promised us that this was a naturally occurring virus, the State, Dis the State Department smothered the investigation into the COVID-19 origins, threatening investigators that it would bring unwelcome attention to the U.S. government funding of gain-of-function research in Wuhan. According to Vanity Fair, an internal memo obtained by Vanity Fair, Thomas DeNano, former Acting Assistant Secretary of the State Department's Bureau of Arms Control, Verification and Compliance, wrote that staff from two bureaus, his own and the Bureau of uh, International Security and Nonproliferation, warned leaders within his bureau not to pursue an investigation into the origin of COVID-19 because it would open a can of worms if it continued. The Office of the Director of National Intelligence and the Greater Intelligence Community, community weren't keen on getting to the bottom of the COVID-19 origins either. On April 30th, 2020, it issued a press release concurring with the wide scientific consensus that the COVID-19 virus was not man-made or genetically modified. This same intelligence community now isn't sure about the science, although the science hasn't changed. They've now walked back to their April 2020 assessment and acknowledged the possibility that the virus escaped from a lab. This is embarrassing about face uh, face makers no difference uh, to President Biden who recently assigned the intelligence community to redouble their efforts to collect and analyze information on the or, uh, origination of COVID-19 President Biden let's not call him President Biden let's call him uh, paper president muffins shall we <clears throat> that assignment is dangerous to the truth paper president muffins isn't directing scientists to figure out the origins instead he has assigned that task to the intelligence community, a collection of government agencies that, by their very nature, aren't concerned with the truth. 
the intelligence community will find whatever they want to find. Meanwhile, after the Fauci emails were released, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki voiced the administration's support for Dr. Fauci, calling him an undeniable asset. Psaki has a point. Fauci has been an asset. The question is, for whom? Well, definitely not for you and me, my friends. You know my opinion on Dr. Fauci. Uh, Getting the same intelligence uh, community to investigate the origins of the COVID-19 virus is completely useless. We also have, we know that they are uh, just a joke. Uh, In my opinion, intelligence all around the world needs to be disbanded. It is absolutely useless. They are uh, warmongers and they are meddling in absolutely everything. These are evil people, in my honest opinion. So where are we going to go to next? Let's go to a verification article. Now this comes to us by the dailymail.com and it was written by Andrew Court on June 7th. And the title reads, Rare genome sequencing almost certainly proves COVID was deliberately made in a Chinese lab before it leaked to the world. Another expert study makes bombshell claim. Two U.S. experts have penned a damning essay saying that science strongly suggests that the novel coronavirus was manufactured inside a Chinese laboratory. The claim was made by Dr. Stephen Quay, CEO of biopharmaceutical company uh, Atoza Therapeutics Incorporated, and Richard Mueller, a physics professor at the University of California, Berkeley, in the Wall Street Journal on Sunday. In the op-ed, the men say their proof lies in genome sequencing, or analyzing the DNA of SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. There are 36 DNA segments made up of three-letter words that viruses use to make amino acids known as L-arginamine. Arginamine. L-arginamine, arginanine, excuse me, I hate medical terms, as you guys know, helps make proteins, but is also often used in so-called gain-of-function research, which alters viruses to make them more transmissible and more deadly. The new virus contains a segment called CGG-CGG, which is considered rare even in experiments in which researchers are trying to manipulate virus. But even more telling is that this combination has never been found naturally in any other type of coronavirus, including SARS and MERS, both of which are cousins of the new virus. A virus simply cannot pick up a sequence from another virus if that sequence isn't present in any other virus, Quay and Mueller wrote. The CGG-CGG combination has never been found naturally. That means that common method of of viruses picking up new skills called recombination cannot operate here. The essay comes after an explosive study last week claimed that Chinese scientists created COVID-19 in the Wuhan lab then tried to cover their tracks by reverse engineering versions of the virus to make it look like it evolved naturally from bats. In the new essay, Quay and Mueller go on to state that those who believe COVID-19 began by, be, uh, began be, by being transferred from animals to humans must, must explain why it happened to pick its least favorite combination, CGG-CGG. Why did it replicate the choices, uh, the choice the lab's gain-of-function researchers would have made? The pair conclude, yes, it could, have been, it could have happened randomly through mutations, but do you believe that? At the minimum, this fact 
that that the coronavirus with all its random possibilities took the rare and unnatural combination used by human researchers implies that the leading theory for origin uh, for the origin of the coronavirus must be laboratory escape in recent weeks many of the top many of the world's top scientists have pushed to determine whether the virus was leaked from the WIV the lab leak theory was initially dismissed by many of the media and academia communities president paper president muffins last week ordered intelligence agencies to launch a probe into whether covid was man-made after all circumstantial evidence has long raised questions about the wuhan institute of virology where researchers were known to be conducting experiments on bat coronavirus strains similar to the ones to the one responsible for covid19 china insisted early and often that the virus did not leak from the lab claiming that crossover to humans must have occurred at a wet market in Wuhan that sold live animals, perhaps driven by animosity for Donald Trump, who embraced the lab leak theory early on. The mainstream U.S. media and academics heaped scorn on the possibility, calling it an unhinged conspiracy theory. But new evidence, including reports of three workers at the Wuhan lab who fell seriously ill with COVID-like symptoms in November 2019, has forced a sober reassessment among doubters. Frustration with China increased this week after Beijing said it would not participate in any further investigations by World Health Organization. Uh, Biden rebuked China in his announcement of the new intelligence review, calling on allies to help press China to participate in a full, transparent, evidence-based international investigation and to provide access to all relevant data and evidence. Meanwhile, the former head of the Food and Drug Administration, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, has said Fauci told world leaders in the spring of 2020 that the coronavirus may have escaped from a lab in Wuhan. U.S. researchers around the time still were considering whether the virus came from a lab leak, and Fauci told the health leaders gathered at the newly identified uh, gathered that the newly identified strain of the coronavirus looked unusual, according to Gottlieb. The disclosure from the former FDA chief comes as an increasing number of mainstream scientists and media figure, figures no longer are parroting the line from the Chinese Communist Party that the virus came from a bat. Even paper president Muffins has ordered government agencies to investigate the possibility that it might have come from a lab. Now Gottlieb says Fauci last, uh, last year at least considered that COVID-19 could have come from a lab before closing ranks around the idea that it occurred naturally. Gottlieb, who served under President Donald Trump, said a former senior member of the Trump administration told him at the time of Fauci's 2020 talk, Gottlieb said he'd recently reconfirmed with that person that Fauci had given the talk. I think early on, when it looked like when they looked at the strain, they had suspicions, Gottlieb recalled Sunday on CBS Face the Nation, speaking of U.S. scientists, and it takes time to do that analysis. And that dispelled some of those suspicions, he added. And it is also important, Gottlieb said, said to look at the virus beyond a scientific perspective. It also uh, needs to be examined from a national security lens, he said. A scientific mindset looks at the virus and the virus behavior and draws a conclusion, he said. A national security assessment looks at, looks at that and then looks at the behavior of the Chinese government, the behavior of the lab, other evidence around the lab, including the infections we now know took place, and, all changes, and that all changes the overall assessment, he said. 
Although some experts still believe the virus was transmitted from a bat to some other species of animal than to humans, its origins remain unproven. It comes after a study last week claimed that Chinese scientists created COVID-19. That paper was was authored by Professor Angus uh, Dalgliish, an oncologist at St. George University, London. Dr. Berger Sorensen, a Norwegian virologist and a chair of of pharmaceutical company Immunor. The shocking allegations in the study included accusations of deliberate destruction, concealment or contamination of data at Chinese labs. And it noted silencing and uh, the silencing and disappearance of scientists in the community uh, in the communist country who spoke out. The journal article exclusively obtained by DailyMail.com is set to make waves among the scientific community as the uh, majority of experts have until recently staunchly denied the origins of COVID-19 were anything other than a natural infection leaping from animals to humans. While analyzing COVID-19 samples last year in an attempt to create a vaccine, um, Dalgliish and Sorensen discovered unique fingerprints in the virus that they say could only have arisen from manipulation in a laboratory. They say they tried to publish their findings and were rejected by major scientific journals, which were at the time resolute that the virus jumped naturally from bats to other animals to humans. Even even when former MI6 chief Sir Richard Dearlove spoke out uh, publicly saying that the scientists' theory should be investigated, the idea was dismissed as fake news. Um, just bear with me here. I think that is the end of it. It is, yeah. So, all evidence is pointing to what we already knew. We never doubted this theory for a second. Um, it just goes to show that... Um, Everyday people are just, you know, the vindications for people that have been slapped with conspiracy theory titles just keep coming, don't they, my friends? You tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorists, you right-wing crazy wing nuts. (laughs) And you know the best part about all this is the way that the people that have been arguing with you tooth and nail... um, They they just just move on to the next media, uh, the next story that the media drums up. Uh, they, they cling on to this so, so, so um, ferociously. Like they just will not let go. They, they just will not admit for a single second that they were wrong. Now the implications of this are far reaching. So if the actual COVID-19 virus was, was made in a lab, we pretty much know it at this point. That means it was made at a lab and it actually, so what, what are the vaccines? You know, that's why they are trying to beat around the bush here and they don't want any focus on this because what are you vaccinating against? A man-made virus. What are you vaccinating with? <laughs> Portions of that man-made virus. So, you know, what? You know, like the last title of the last episode, what is the end game here? And if you, if you really want my honest opinion, I think we are witnessing a depopulation agenda. Um... <clears throat> I, 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 I can't see it being anything else uh, or, or just total control. I guess I shouldn't say I can't see it being anything else. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about nanoparticles being pumped into people at unbelievable rates. So you can turn people into mindless drones, apparently, if you really wanted to. Have them go to work, come home, watch CNN every night, go to bed, repeat, repeat, repeat until they finally can't, they're, they're not a use for society anymore. Pull the plug on them. Give them a stroke, a heart attack. You know, we kind of went through that. 
But I just, you know, judging from the numbers that we're starting to see from Israel, you know, I, I've I've heard now that it's uh, 1,500 people out of 50,000, which doesn't seem like that much. But when you think of the big picture, when you plug that into the amount of people that have been vaccinated, so um, Israel's a unique a unique place because they mandated the vaccines and basically forced their entire population to get it. Now, so you have 1,500 people out of 50,000 that now have uh, myocarditis already. Already. This is that we know of. So the heart problems that are starting to surface in Israel alone uh, should be absolutely stopping this this vaccine dead in its tracks. Not to mention the over 4,000 deaths on VAERS, and I think it's the over 8,000 deaths uh, coming out of the UK adverse uh, events reporting system. And that keep in mind, you know, that's that's less than one percent. So that's staggering. I think we did the math in the last episode, and that's just in the U.S. alone. That's like three hundred and fifty thousand deaths. So the death rates are going to skyrocket. They they probably already are um, in twenty twenty one, not like what we saw in twenty twenty. And the cover is going to be a variant. You know, it's it's not hard to pick the next play. Like you can just see what they're already doing. They're gonna they're gonna call it a variant. And they're going to blame it on unvaccinated people. You know, you're seeing the passport rollout in Manistupia now. And uh, sorry to all my Manitoba friends. I'm not saying Manistupia to you guys. I'm saying it to your government. Your government is full, full fucking fledged retard. (laughs) Like that is, you guys need to get rid of pals. All of us need to get rid of our premiers. Like it's unbelievable. You know, from coast to coast to coast, our premiers are 100% on board with this crap. With all this evidence, you know, now we've gone through what? Four articles that are basically pointing out the evidence that we know that this was a man-made virus. And here in my home province, I've got Scott Moe pushing and pushing and pushing this vaccine for a man-made virus on people still to this day. Probably three posts a day pushing, pushing, pushing for the fucking vaccine. Meanwhile, ignoring facts that I myself are sending them, giving me the runaround. And I know there's a ton of other people uh, hitting up their MPs and uh, government officials and getting the runaround to, as well. Uh, a good buddy of mine was telling me, uh, was uh, pointing out that his MP was completely unaware that ivermectin was uh, was a great pro- prophylaxis for uh, for COVID-19. He, he thought it was conspiracy theory. Like that just goes to show how uninteresting how un, un, uninvolved our politicians are. Like, the, it truly is. You know, when you think back to, um, you know, uh, quite a few shows ago, when we covered the, uh, the wisdom of the elders of Zion, when they talked about how they were going to manipulate governments, they basically flat out told you that they were going to put the dumbest people in power to manipulate them. And when you look, when you listen to, you know, people like you and me, talking about how they've basically confronted their MP in their, in their constituency um, and asking them just basic questions about ivermectin, about stuff like this, the origins of COVID-19. And these people are just completely fucking oblivious to this. Well, what the, what the hell? This, is, this falls right in line with what stuff that some of you and me have read. That the dumbest are put in power because they are easily, easily manipulated. You know, some are bribed. You know, not all of them. I'm not saying that all of them are dumb, but the fact that you've got politicians within the sketch so uninvolved that they don't even know that uh, the I- that ivermectin has had 52 studies done on it, and it's worked. I mean, it's batting like 
I think now it's probably a little less than 100, but it's still batting like I'd say 98% as a prophylaxis and it's and it's like over almost 80% as a recovery drug. Like that's unbelievable. The vaccine doesn't even get close to that. And all the vaccine does, just keep in mind that they passed the, they got emergency approval for this vaccine because it lessens symptoms for 48 hours. That's it. It doesn't stop you from getting it. It doesn't stop you from spreading it. So why are these provincial governments all on board pushing it? The only thing that makes sense in my mind is they're being paid to. It's the only thing that makes sense. Maybe some of them are, maybe they got dirt on some of them. You know, maybe that's what it is. Maybe Pallister's got, maybe, uh, you know, the globalists got pictures of Pallister's, Pallister banging a child for all we know. And so they're telling them, you're, you're going to push this vaccine on your people or we're going to show this to everybody. But it is most likely, in my opinion, that these, uh, and the reason I think that is because of Ford's newfound wealth. So I think it's probably the same case amongst all of them. All right, let's let's switch off of uh, the the COVID talk, and let's focus on um, the bombshell evidence that Mike Lindell has presented in his uh, presentation called "Absolutely Nine Nothing." And uh, this is fairly long, but it is so worth um, just letting letting getting help getting it out there. It is unbelievable what Mike Lindell had in his possession. Um, so I'll let him explain it. It's like I said, it's going to be fairly long. It's about uh, twenty some minutes long, but I want. It's so worth hearing it in its entirety that I just want to let it uh, let it play, so that I, you know, I have the clear conscience that I've got some of this word out. <laughs> anyway, without further ado, here is Mike Lindell. Hello, everyone. I'm Mike Lindell, and as you all know, on January 9th, I received evidence of a cyber attack orchestrated by China on our 2020 election. I took that one piece of evidence and I just went all in. This was something different, nobody had seen. This was something that came through the machines, the Dominion machines, the Smartmatic and other machines. This was a cyber attack. I didn't know anything about cyber attacks. And boy, I learned, I had to learn real fast. And uh, I hired experts. I to validate this, I hire these guys are um, uh, white hat hackers that work for the government. But what I'm going to show you tonight is you're going to all know now why I have been 100% sure that when this gets before the Supreme Court, it's going to be 9-0. 9-0 to pull this election down and that this was 100% an attack by China on our country through these machines. And with us right now is one of my cybersecurity experts. These guys are the best. And this guy has over 20 years of experience working in both the private sector and with government law enforcement and intelligent agencies. He has many information and cybersecurity certifications that specialize in advanced adversary detection, mitigation, and elimination. And here he is now. Hello. Hello, Mike. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for all the work you've done for our country. And thanks for all the work you've done for myself. And I know I put uh, yourself and many others through uh, a couple months worth of work now just to get everything validated for our country to show that this evidence is real. So what I'm going to go through, everybody, I'm going to start from the 
let's start from January 9th. The stuff that, that these guys brought to me, the, these guys were there the night of the election, and it was like taking a movie. I compared it to like taking a movie, and they have all this information, millions of lines of data. Why don't we show that right now? Can you go ahead and say what we're watching here? Yeah, that's essentially the raw encrypted data. And I mean, that would run for, for the next couple of days. You know, that's the amount of data that we're dealing with here. So what this contains here is what? What are the what are these? Is this cyber forensics? What are we what are we looking at? What what are these called? I know I know you had told me before they're called like PCAPs or something. Yeah, so PCAT is just an acronym for uh, packet capture. So it's essentially uh, a moment in time that is captured and that the transmission of those packets, any information that travels between point A and point B is essentially a packet. And so those packets moving back and forth um, during the election were captured, but you need to actually uh, record it. And and so that's where we're very uh, blessed and fortunate to have, you know, some of these guys that actually recorded the information as it happened. Um, did you, you heard it here, people. You heard it here, everyone. We have, what a blessing it is that we have the evidence. This is what I've been telling everybody for months now, since January 9th. These are these, the actual, um, evidence that was collected the night of the election and a couple days following. Now, I can't read these and neither can anyone else uh, uh, that's probably watching unless you're an expert uh, uh, like you well, like you guys are. Uh, one, one, more, one more piece to that is you can't go back in time and fake a PCAP, essentially. You have to capture that packet in real time so you need to record it you can't you don't go backwards and you know recreate this whole you know uh chain of events it wow. happens and you record it right so okay that's a great point so what what he's saying there everyone is you can't go back in time and say okay i'm gonna make these up and also you can't go back and change anything right once you if you have these pcaps you can't go change them it's a it's a blessing we have if we didn't have them everything the evidence would be long gone correct yeah it, it it would definitely be gone and you know luckily somebody pressed record during the entire election so wow you know. yeah that is a blessing and and they brought it to me why did they bring it to me because i, I at that point on january 9th um you know, you know nobody else was all the other evidence they found for november and december all i call it the organic cheating all the you know dead people voting non-residents voting all this other stuff everybody's so focused on that and then and these guys they i mean they're heroes that ended up collecting this the night of the election so they bring it to me now everybody and i'm going okay um i wanted to find learn all i could about it and one of the things is uh, now if you take this stuff here and i what did i one of the things i asked you and many other side because i have many cyber cyber experts I'm going, is there any way, any way you can go back in time and, and doctor it, change it? I, I think you compared it to like a forensic scene at a, at a crime scene with like DNA evidence. Is that correct? Yeah. So 
really what you're looking at is, I mean, there's hash values, which are unique to each item. Any change to that, it'll, it'll change the hash. So that's how you verify images or, you know, the PCAP in this, in this uh, case. So when you're looking at, you know, this file, you make sure that it hasn't been doctored or anything's been done to it because when you do the work, it needs to match that original file. And so that, that's where you start. And then, you know, we work to unencrypt and pull the data out to identify exactly what happened during that period of time. Okay, so have now when you in all your work in 20 years then, do you work with these PCAPs a lot or do, I, do most cyber experts, is that that's what you work with all the time? Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the time we do because, um, you know, well, you, if there is a active cyber attack, you record it. And the way you record it is through a PCAP. That's how you capture that traffic. And that traffic, when, when you capture that information, you have the source, you have the destination, you know, you have the files that are being transmitted. And right. through, what, through what protocol, it, it captures a lot of information and, you know, you go through it and right. essentially what, translate it. Right. That's what took so long. Uh, I, I believe uh, it's been a couple months now with I've had yourself and many others validating and uh, translating uh, this these CPACs. And there was literally thousands of hacks, right, from China? Yeah. Well, there were there were a, there were a lot. And there were a lot successful. Some were just doing reconnaissance, and others were flipping votes. And so right. it would go, go in and identify where it needed to flip, and then it would flip. So okay. yeah, there was a lot so, of activity. So what I had you guys do was go out and get twenty, just grab twenty of the PCAPs, twenty of them that that you could take that data and translate it into something that was readable for all of us here. So what I did is I said, you know what, let's just see how this, you know, because this was in the millions and millions of votes that were flipped in our election by China from uh, from uh, Trump to Biden. OK, so I said, well, let's just grab 20 of them so we can make this uh, this uh, um, absolutely nine zero video. So we went out, we grabbed 20 of them. Now, it took uh, uh I don't know what it take four to six weeks to validate just those 20 um, uh, PCAPs. And because and I wanted every, I was very particular, wasn't I? I wanted every little thing validated and 100% uh, foolproof. And these were the five states. These were five states, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Georgia. Okay, so now what I want to do is bring up the data that you tr that you took the PCAPs and and translated it for us and showed just these 20 attacks exactly what these PCAPs show and that we can all read. On the first line, uh, if we start on the top here, this was from, uh, if we look at the date, it's 11-3-20, the day of the election at 10.49 p.m. Can you go ahead and take us through this uh, when you talk about the source, and take us through us line by line and explain what this uh, what this is. Yeah, so 
um, the source is the IP address from the computer that essentially, uh, you know, changed that vote. So since we focused on the 20, each one of these resulted in votes being changed. So that's the source. Um, latitude and longitude is essentially within 400 yards of where that device is located. Um, Beijing, uh, obviously China, province city. Um, and then this next part um, is the network that was pulled out of um, out of the PCAP essentially. But you know, some of this is in Chinese. So when you translate it, you just want to make sure and you know, as you've asked us to do, double, triple, quadruple, you know, validate. And right. so we've been going through making sure the translations and all the information checks out. So what he's saying here, everybody, is what I did is I made them all validate the validation. Isn't that correct? Yeah. So we, you know, because we're dealing with uh, other languages, we validated the validation that was validated. So the, the next line there, which is the network code, what, what would that be? Yeah, so that, that, that's essentially from the registration of, of um, that IP. So, mm -hmm. you know, most every single uh, IP is registered to somebody. And okay. so when you look at that network, that network range, um, and, you know, identify who, who the registered donor is. Right. So that, that's okay. where it comes up. Okay, so you got all of this information from the PCAPs, is that correct? Yeah. The next line, it says target. Now, we just went through, which would be the, the hacker or the attacker, so to speak, correct? And now yeah. we're going to get into the target, which is, um, I, I, I guess I could pull that out. The target, that's the target. Would that be the target's IP address? And then again, the longitude, latitude and the state that it came that it was hacked into correct yep and then we have the entry point um you know there's uh delta county here in this case and then the network registration what is it so the network registration that also all this stuff came right out of the pcaps that's preserved in time you can't change it and when you have it it's a uh, it's uh, 100%, it's non-negotiable, it's not, there's no, I mean, here it is, this is what it is, is that correct? Yeah, I think uh, we were saying that it, it's, this isn't subjective, it, it just is what it is, it's fact, the information, you know, speaks for itself and, and right. you go from So there. before before we go to the last couple lines, I wanna ask you this, if you are going to prove a case, a cyber case, a cyber attack, and if you if you had a, a wish list, like let's say you know, I, obviously when I came to you and said and, and others and said, hey, I have something that's really going to change the world. It's good because these guys brought me these. Uh, I didn't know they were called uh, PCAPs at the time, uh, from uh, but I knew they were from the night of the election. Um, what would you would you say if you could have your wish list to 100% prove something? Is this what it would be? What would it be in a cyber attack? Yeah, um, this is 100%. <laughs> I mean, 
This is what you would want. This is yeah. A lot of times, you know, you come in, at least you know, in our line of work, we get called in after the attack. So this was something that was captured during the attack. Wow. You always want that. Right. You want you to catch somebody. To. Yeah, you want to catch them. You know, somebody's robbing a bank. You want to have it on video. Like, right. That's well, definitive sure. evidence. This is robbing the bank and having it on video. So I wanted to hear everyone to hear that. This is we have what everyone would ever want if uh, if there was a crime committed, cyberly, a cyber attack. We have the forensic evidence. We have the movie. We have the video of the bank being robbed, so to speak. And right before, I wanted you all to hear that before you look at the last couple lines here. You have the you have the uh, intrusion, what, how they got in, firewall or the credentials, whether they had the credentials. And was it a success? Yes, it was a success. Here it is, everybody. What happened? In this case, Donald Trump, it says down, uh, there were 3,215 votes flipped. And you can go all the way down this list, and every one of them was a Trump, uh, votes taken from Trump given to Biden. It was a flip. So these cyber hacks and these attacks, are you saying that these these numbers here at the end came right off of those PCAPs? Is that correct? Yeah, those, uh, I mean, they're specific numbers, right? Right. So those, you're not just rounding up. It's actual specific, like to the vote numbers that were wow. out of the PCAPs. That is so awesome. So everybody, do you <laughs> see what this is? What we have here, you talk about a smoking gun. This is why I've been so, by everybody, you know, for two months, people have attacked me and told me I didn't have the evidence and all this stuff. And we've made these other movies. But I wanted to get on here and explain to everyone this was an attack by China on our country through these Dominion and these other machines where, and they just hacked in a cyber attack, hacked into our election and flipped it to everyone, anyone that they wanted to win. In this case, it was the Democrat party. I want to ask you something before we go to the next chart, going to the Supreme court, when this gets there, when we, when we bring this to the Supreme court and so what you're saying, because this isn't subjective and you can't change anything, and with this evidence, if uh, and you go in there, and what would you expect? Is there any way it could be five to four or six to three that this is real, or eight to one, um, or does it have to no. be nine zero? It's irrefutable. Irrefutable. So, that's the word. Uh, irrefutable. And it's not subjective, right? I mean, this is if you help not at all, right? Yeah, it's blood. Sometimes you have little specks of blood, right? right. This is a buck, a bucket of it. It's, wow! It's, yeah, you, you <laughs> That's have, so awesome. You have, now, now everybody knows why I've why I've had the confidence I've had over the last couple months, and now yeah. I want to show you. I want to show everybody what just remember. These are just twenty of the hacks, everybody out of thousands that China orchestrated. And so whether you're a Democrat or Republican, this is the most serious thing that's ever happened. This is the biggest crime against our country and humanity I could think of ever. So now let's pull up the next chart here. And what it's going to show everybody is just remember, we just did, I just had 20 of the attacks, 
20 of the thousands of attacks on our 2020 election by China. I just took 20 of them, and I had 20 of them validated and revalidated and revalidated. So right now, as we pull up this chart, I'm going to show you what those 20 attacks did. What they did, if you look at Pennsylvania here, it's where it said Biden won by over 80,000. Just with these attacks that we showed you, this small sampling, Donald Trump won by over 107,000. You go to Georgia, Donald, they say Biden won by 11,779. Just with this small sampling of the attacks, Donald Trump won by over 35,000 votes. Arizona, same story, over 10,000 uh, votes for Biden. And uh, after you add in uh, these, just this small sampling of, of the attacks, Donald Trump wins by almost 37,000. You go to Michigan. Michigan, it says Biden won. Remember, we had the big thing in Michigan where they injected votes there. But you have 154,000-plus votes in Michigan. And um, with this small sampling of hacks, these 20, these 20 attacks, just 20 of them, now Donald Trump wins Michigan by over 48,000 votes. Now, now when you go to Wisconsin, you can see Donald Trump lost by over 20,000 votes, but he really wins by over 49,000, almost 50,000 votes. And we realize this was just 20 of the thousands of attacks. This is why when we say that Donald Trump really won this election by like almost 80 million to 68 million for Biden, how can you switch tens of millions of votes? It had to be done with computers. It had to be done uh, with the machines, through these dominion, through all these machines. And China, uh, China did it. They, it's a cyber attack of historical proportions. And I want to ask you now, if you took this into the Supreme Court with all of this, and you just with these, just with this sampling, and with these, uh, and brought it in there, could any any cyber person that works in cyber, uh, what do you call it, cyber warfare or cyber uh, forensics, they would be able to show these nine justices um, this evidence. And is there any way that it would not be a nine-zero vote saying this is a hundred percent true? No, and and I, I think it would be great for you know some of my colleagues and and you know more people within that community to to weigh in because right. they'll they'll reach the same conclusion and you know we've been doing this for a long time we know what we're looking at and i'm confident in you know them seeing the same exact thing because yeah. you know yeah. we have, we have so it's right. it's real it's there and you can't change it so what right. do you do with that you right. have to you have to rule and that ruling is it has to be you know I mean, it's not just majority. It's not just majority. It's the whole thing. Like it's right. just it's that black and white. And you know, it, it doesn't come down to any politics. That's not what this is about. It's about you know our country, and you know that that falls on both sides of the aisle. So I, I think you know at the end of the day, that's that's what needs to be done. And I think they'll they'll choose the right you know decision. So there you have it, my friends. Um, Mike Lindell basically has definitive proof of the cyber attack on uh, the 2020 U.S. election. 
undefe- uh, uh, undefeatable. <laughs> Undisputable, sorry. <laughs> and, uh, you know, his little sampling, his 20, uh, 20 samples, uh, he has basically shown that uh, Donald Trump won all the swing states. So what do you think is going to happen when uh, the rest of these thousands upon thousands of, uh, of um, CPACs are, are broke down and, and basically uh, picked apart so that you can see everything else? You do you, you want to know my guess? I guess that my, one of my biggest things that I've been, you guys have probably heard me say it, is that I bet you Donald Trump won California and possibly New York. And I bet you, if you got thousands of these, you know, 20 were enough to flip the swing states to go back over to Donald Trump. And if you've got thousands of them, I bet you, I bet you the majority of the U.S. went red. Dollars to donuts, my friends. Anyway, <clears throat> I know that was extremely long and probably a lot of you have already seen and heard it, but it was so worth repeating that I just, I absolutely had to put it on the show. So, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. I know uh, we've gone a little bit long here. Uh, I did warn you guys it was a pretty busy week I, w- I had uh, last week, and I just uh, I just powered out. I couldn't even get a show out on the weekend. I was uh, <laughs> exhausted, so I just thought, well, I'll, I'll just uh, I'll work overtime next week, and I'll and I'll get a couple shows out so that we can play catch up on everything that's happening. So. Um, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook. It's Canadian Patriot Radio. The message button comes directly to me, so feel free to use it. If you prefer email, it's Canadian Patriot Radio at gmail.com. Or you can use my personal favorite, which is the Telegram page, and that is t.me backslash Canadian Patriot Radio. And if you don't like any of those options, you can find us on the website. It is Canadian Patriot Radio.ca. Like I said, thanks again for tuning in, my friends, and thanks for the patience uh, in the gap of episodes, but we should be back full stream ahead uh, moving forward. So until next time, my friends, with all thy sons, command. joining us for another episode of Canadian Patriot Radio. CPR is not filmed before a live studio audience. If you like the show, friends, make sure you give us a thumbs up and share us on all your social media platforms. Until next time, take care.